There's a bunch of crazy stories written by the Brothers Grimm. And now you're gonna learn all about them, listening to the Brothers Grimm. Students and scholars, friends and relations, welcome to another delightful edition of the Brothers Dim podcast. My name is Phil. My name is Mike. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, an educator for over a decade and just finished her first year as a librarian in a high school in the Bronx. And in addition to that, has managed to find the time to go to over 40 Guster shows. <laughs> and if I understand Guster fans, that's a normal thing for Guster fans to do. But, but Guster aside, just for a minute, I would like to extend a very warm Brothers Dim welcome to our very good friend, Sasha. Smoking mirrors and crystal balls and red alerts And all because the king who hides behind the pond I can see what's really going on I can see what's really going on I told Amanda about mm -hmm. the Guster thing And she laughed and I, I, I ran right up after after you, you sent me the text To tell her about it and she said I knew I liked that lady for a reason And, uh, and she seemed to recall <laughs> And I think I remember this too, but she seemed to recall that Guster was big into sending out invitations to people on their fan list, whereby you could be the fan coordinator at your college or, or high school. So I was actually a Guster rep when I was in high school and college. <laughs> yeah. So That's awesome. <laughs> my um, Instagram username is still my Guster rep name, but with my birth date after it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> actually, I worked um, with so a... I like sold sold cds in high school and put up posters in college and got to go to concerts for free it was great oh, yeah. no i was gonna say i i worked with a, a huge guster fan like it, it seems like a do or die kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of all in it's a big community it's really lovely but yeah. yeah my like 40 something shows is nothing compared to some of my <laughs> friends who have I mean, my one friend, Viv, she went to college with them. So <laughs> she is oh, like boy. the original Guster fan. <laughs> where where did they go to college? Because I feel like my friend. Ta okay. I might be confusing yeah. it with my wife then. You're, my, you're, my you're wife confusing the band Guster with your wife? No, you... I'm, I'm, confusing my, I'm confusing my wife with my friend Allie. I think Mo. So my wife Mo. I think. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, yeah, like, does, 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 is Mo okay with this, or uh, is it? Does this happen often? I might have to ask her about it later. It, so... it was just the the Tufts and Guster thing, because my my wife remembers Guster when she was at Tufts. Not a fan. Okay. And and, and we'll Fair. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me that she's not a fan. Yeah, she's she's of particular <laughs> tastes. Yeah, I've gone dancing with your wife, and I know that her tastes trends towards goth industrial as i recall ah yeah then guster would not be her scene <laughs> <laughs> okay so um today in addition to talking about guster but probably not too much more guster will we will, we will be talking about story number seven from the brothers grim the good bargain an anti-semitic fairy tale <laughs> which which was added to the 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 second edition one of the two known super anti-Semitic ones where they actually they actually straight up say like, anyways, and then we met a Jew and here's what the Jew did. And it involved money. And it, it did involve Always. money. You know what it involved? Uh, which we will talk about in a little bit is uh, usury. But the we we felt in order to be more inclusive, maybe find someone who was Jewish who happened to be friends with us uh, that could 
I don't even know. I don't know what the. I, don't, I, can't. I mean, I'm here. I'm here to serve my role as the token Jew. It's great. Okay. <laughs> I had not asked. So much token as it's. I think it's just better than the two of us non-Jewish folks. <laughs> yeah. So here, about this being problematic. So here we go. I, uh, without further ado, I will read through the plot. Sasha, uh, if you feel like interrupting at any point, feel free to. Okay. As we do. Story seven: The Good Bargain. Peasant goes to market with his cow and sold her for seven tailors, which we've recently discovered is some German currency. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to stop right away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I did some research on this because I was like, what the hell is this? I emailed a woman who's the professor of German folklore at Harvard. Nice. Wow. I have not heard back from her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. And she emailed back? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. But I, but I emailed her. <laughs> To ask Great. her, I was like, "Is this I mean, a good she'd deal?" She'd be the person to ask. Yeah. She, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you're just. I. I don't. I don't go to Harvard, but I don't know if you can just. You just gotta I, ask. Yeah, you gotta ask. Yeah. Um. But I. Yeah, I asked this person anyway. So we don't know if. Wait, I don't know how much seven tailors is, but. Seth. Um. Well, it's twenty-four groschen well, for Taylor, obviously. That that we know. <laughs> and we get into that in a little bit later. Also, I yeah. I found out that taller and dollar have the same etymological root. Which had sure. not yeah. occurred to me, but yeah. And then it came from like the name of the factory where they first made them, which is oh. wild. Well, that's that where makes, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it was like I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, but it started with a J. It was like the name of the factory, and it ended in Stoller, and they hmm. became Tallers for short. I mean, well, yeah, anyways, but then yeah, of course was... later we'll get to the uh, double entendre with Taller that I was desperately trying to figure out and could not find the German word that made it make sense. Oh, okay. All right. This is, you've got, you've got a note that, that I don't have. So that's delightful. Um, okay. <laughs> anyways, peasant sells his cow. <laughs> we're, we're, now we can get past the first sentence of the story. On his walk back home, he sees some frogs croaking. And I'm guessing the translated word for eight makes a better frog noise. But um, right. they're, they're ribbiting and they're going, according to this, ache, ache, ache. And the peasant assumes as one does, that um, that they are trying to say the number eight. He yells at them a bit that he only got seven for the cow. Then to prove the point, he throws his money into the pond and says, count it and then come back. But um, these were just regular frogs, unfortunately for him. And they were not kings in disguise. So they just kept ribbiting. And the dude didn't get his money back, yelled at him a bit more, finally dips off back home without without I think his... this guy was stupider than the guy who was trying to learn fear. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this guy, yeah. I, I I think is mostly stupid throughout, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to <laughs> I it. So, think so too. <laughs> yeah, next day, as as is proven with this next paragraph, next day <laughs> goes and buys another cow with the idea that he can slaughter it, butcher it up, make some money that way. And on the way to town, he meets a pack of dogs, and the dogs bark at him, and he correctly assumes that they would like to eat all the beef, but he incorrectly assumes that they work for the butcher. And that if he just leaves them unattended with the cow meat, they'll eat a little bit, but then they'll bring the bulk of the meat to the butcher who will buy the meat from him, which, if I'm being honest, is the opposite of what happens at a butcher shop. Generally speaking, <laughs> that's where the confusion is. See, butchers sell the meat. And the, well, they have to get the meat from somewhere. Well, the meat they do buy, I'm, I'm like, I assume they have a regular guy. Like like that. probably but like i could see if someone came with like i got this whole cow i'll give you a good deal and then you can chop it up and sell it like right. yeah for parts i think that's what a butcher's job is 
Right. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I can guy. see him bringing one whole cow and being like, sure. But Which, I mean, you know, but you the gotta... dogs are not in his employ. <laughs> no, the dogs are not in his employ. We, we find this out. Yeah. So uh... after a lengthy conversation. Yeah. With, yeah. with the dogs. After a not conversation. Every creature with the, yeah. in Grimm's is actually, you know, anthropomorphic and speaks. What happens instead is the peasant leaves, the dogs eat the meat. He goes back three days later looking for his money. The butcher is like, what money? <laughs> what cow? And the peasant says, well, I left it with all those dogs, so pay me. And the butcher's like, are the dogs in the room with you now? Um, <laughs> uh, ultimately, after some arguing, the butcher does not wish to pay this stranger. Talking about, please pay me for the meat I gave to some dogs. <laughs> the peasant, he's well, so upset at this. That way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he immediately makes a meeting with the king. Tells him the story, and sitting next to him is his daughter, of course, who hears all this, and she laughs. King is like, well, I can't make a butcher pay for the meat that you gave to the dogs, but you made my daughter laugh, and she never laughs normally, and I promised to wed her to a dude that could make her laugh. And there we have, like, the, the standard of all these stories, which is kind of an idiot gets rewarded despite himself, but completes a task, gets a princess. So here we are again, yes? Rewarded with a woman. A reward with a woman, yeah, who with no name, <laughs> um, or because well, she's not really a person, no. obviously. But the Shamalanian twist is <laughs> is is he does not get it because the peasant's like, first of all, I already got a wife, and second of all, she's a huge bitch, <laughs> and, and it's like it's like I whenever I'm with her, it's like I have four wives just screaming at me, so I don't need your daughter. Um, it, King's mad. To, Call, to pause for a second, okay, can you yeah, imagine being this guy's wife? <laughs> oh my god no what a freaking what happened moron. to the money Poor luck you made from the car they refused to count it and, and like, get it back again she had no say back then so she couldn't like just take charge and do it herself because no. you know no. this is Women. like clearly some learned helplessness bs here from this dude but Although, she, couldn't, she couldn't i mean who's anything. who's more foolish who's stupider <laughs> The stupid guy or the woman that marries the stupid? Maybe it was an arranged marriage. Well, I was going to yeah. say, you think she got any say in that? She was probably sold to him for seven goats or something. You know what happened? She was probably <laughs> alone in the woods. Her father was a woodcutter. <laughs> she lost the ability to speak because a fairy took it from her. And then someone came along and was like, hey, you hungry? You want to marry me? <laughs> I'll give you some food. Um, But anyway, all right. So I can't marry, but I, so, but I'm beside, I'm married, so I can't marry your daughter. And they kind of go back and forth a little bit. The king says, finally, you know, listen, come back in three days and I'll give you 500. Peasant doesn't ask 500 of what, but he's like, great. See you in three days. As he's leaving, the the soldier at the gate asks him for some of the money. The, you know, the peasant promises some money to the gatekeeper. And then the, you know, and then a Jew overheard all of that. <laughs> I was like, oh, um, what? <laughs> I mean, obviously there's, there's Jewish people around, but that it felt very much so that this was, this story was taking a different turn. Yeah. I felt it right then and there. This was not going to be a person <laughs> of the Jewish faith. No, no, no. This no. was so much as a caricature. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. A, I don't know, even know how to go on from here because the character is just a Jew <laughs> throughout the whole thing. And I feel weird saying just, so the Jews hears this, um, <laughs> The, I'm going to say Jewish person. I think that I'm not sure. What do you think, Sasha? Yeah, I would. I would concur. I think okay, that's better. Uh, yeah. Okay. So a, a Jewish person over here says he runs up. He's like, "All right, bro. Listen. I. You know what? Uh, I hear you've got five hundred dollars coming to you. 
I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll work as a money changer for you. I'm going to give you small bits of currency. You're going to get this money in three days. So you can pay me the interest in three days for, you know, whatever it is. I'll get a little cut. You'll get a, a bunch of currency right now and smaller bills than these big tallers. Peasant shouts out that that sounds good. The The Jewish guy gives him $300 worth of smaller currency. And then um, he's going to take his cut. They come back in three days. The king's going to give you the large coin. So yeah. three days later, everyone comes back to the king. King says, time for your 500 peasant and they take his coat off the peasant says well not so my liege for i have given 200 to the soldier and 300 to the jewish fella so in walks the two of them king's like okay then distribute the 500 accordingly except twas not tailors uh but instead just lashings uh the whole time so the soldier took it like a man but the the jewish fella whimpered at being beaten on and said well these are hard tailors and that made the king laugh but for whatever reason, he he tells the peasant, well, that was all grand fun. Tell you what, peasant, go to my treasure room and, and take whatever treasure you want. And to the soldier and the, the Jewish fella, nothing. You know, like they're the ones that got beaten, but and they're the ones that made the king laugh. The Jewish guy made the king laugh and he he didn't get to go to the treasure room. But peasant goes and stuffs his pockets, goes to an inn and starts counting. The Jewish guy follows behind him and the peasant starts trash talking the king to whoever wants to listen. The Jewish guy overhears him and he's like, shit, he's talking trash about the king. I better go tell the king. So he does. King gets mad and says, well, go bring the peasant here. Peasant, when he hears this, though, he says, look, I can't go see the king in my old coat because I've got all this money now. But the, the Jewish guy is scared that he's taking too much time. He's going to get in trouble. He says, look, I'll give you a nice coat. OK, you can borrow my coat. Gives him his coat off his back. And the two go back to the king. King's like, um, this Jewish guy said you were trash talking me. Is that true? And the peasant says, certainly not. And you can tell he's lying because he's a Jew. As we all know, Jews always lie. And not only that, but he's going to start talking about that he lent me his coat. But again, please remember that Jewish people always lie. And the king says, yeah, well, that's a good point. And at any rate, one of you must be lying. So I'm going to have the Jew whipped again. And then he he whips the Jewish guy while the peasant dips back home with with his treasure, plus whatever the small coins that the Jewish guy had given him the day before, the, the, the payday loan, plus the dude's coat. And then on his way home, the peasant says, well, that worked out fine for me. That was quite a good bargain. The end. Uh, wow. That's a, a lot there. There's <laughs> a lot there. Lots to talk about. It's, there's a lot to talk about. Does anyone have an idea for what they think the moral of this story is? I mean, I think the Grimm brothers think it's never trust a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well, kinda. <laughs> but like, but also, if you screw one over, it'll work out for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, that might be more of it. Because, like, from, from our perspective, though, the Jewish guy did nothing wrong. No. So. Yeah, all because all the Jewish guy did was was do was the usury, the payday loan, and that's that's actually that's a fairly classic like trope. I mean, hello, Merchant of Venice. Oh, yeah, the story hello, Merchant is very of much giving Merchant of Venice. Hello, the Harry Potter stories where they oh yeah, Gringotts, all the goblins are clearly Jewish. Yeah, yeah, with, they're like, look at these little men with their hooked nose, and they love gold. But I mean, of course, you know, talk about some of yeah. the problematic subtle. subtle. Uh, Subtle yeah. J.K. Rowling. Subtle. Oh, J.K. Yeah, that's certainly what J.K. Rowling is known for is, is her subtlety. I had one moral. Don't snitch. 
<laughs> because yeah, I mean, ultimately, the Jew snitching is what gets him beaten the second time. That's right? the that's the second time, and it, the, the yeah. first beating was like a little bit of like grim, as it were, grim uh, <laughs> trope too. Is like you didn't ask, you didn't know it was right. five hundred lashings. You know, right. it's not until he's he snitches that he's like, yeah, well, we can't trust anyone, I guess. But I was very amused by the snitching. Was specifically at least in this translation, you guys sent me was that the peasant had called the king a rascal. And I was like, how is this a thing they're so offended by a rascal? (laughs) Like, who cares? It's like, oh, cute little rascal. And then I looked up the etymology and it was like, oh, now I get why he was so offended because the origins are that it's like this French word and it means like low class of the streets. Like, yeah. So one one thing we've talked about before is that at this point in Germany, they were pretty much owned by the French. It's funny because the the version that Phil and I have um, uses the word rogue instead of rascal. Yeah. Interesting. There's got to be. But either way, I'm sure there's something. Yeah, there's something to that too. But the fact that it's like a French rooted word and also that it means like, boy, has the meaning of that word changed over time because. I mean, according to online etymology dictionary, it used to mean people of the lowest class, the general mass, rabble, or foot soldiers of an army. Oh, and we can't have that for the king. You can't have that for the king. Low, tricky, uh, dishonest person. Arn Thompson, type 1642. You'll be surprised to learn, or maybe not. Uh, It's the only specific type of this story. (laughs) (laughs) What? I was thinking that it had a very high number on the index for that. I was like, it must be because it's the only one. It's the only (laughs) one. Or like one of two or something. One thing that grabbed me was the onomatopoeia. I think onomatopoeia with translations is always yeah. interesting for me. I think the like the frogs with the the ike 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 or ike ike ike, ike um, yeah. and in German it would be oct 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 oct. Um, so I like that makes more sense. I'm very curious what the dogs were on about because in, at least in our version they were going wow 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 wow, yeah, which vaguely oh. sounds like a dog sound. Like bow wow wow, but bow wow, yeah. In one of them, they said bow wow. What now? Okay. I don't think that was in our version. No, it was somewhere else that I, I don't know. Yep. I started looking around the internet, and in one version, it was bow wow. What now? Which again just made me think about how stupid this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, was... why would you think that's what the dogs were saying? I like the fact that we didn't even get like a what now from the dogs like like from our dogs it was it was wow 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 but it was like okay that's just a dog noise which is fine but it meant that the frogs were just riveting the dogs Mm -hmm. were just barking they saw they like you know when he went back to his wife (laughs) he didn't even have the excuse he was like oh well they were talking dogs at least i say that you know i think that maybe she wasn't a bitch i think (laughs) i'm sure she wasn't (laughs) i think i think all she did was occasionally question he's like i went and sold the cow and she's like oh that's great that's good we can buy some food and um he he said how much you sell the cow for well uh, seven tallers and she's like well that's fantastic i'm gonna use one of these tallers i'm gonna buy a a a pot of fat And then, and then we're gonna redo the the living room because, uh, you know, like, you know, and the bathroom because the the bathtub where it is, it's you know, and then and he's like, well, uh, hold on a second, wife, slow your roll. <laughs> I don't actually have the money. I Here's had what... the money. I sold it for that much. I didn't say I kept the money. What happened was I got into an <laughs> argument with some frogs. <laughs> 
and it's Germany. She, she might even have said, well, were they magic frogs? And he was like, no, because there's a lot of them around. So at least I would get it. Like if you got tricked by a magic frog in Germany in 18, in the, in the early 1800s. And it does not even your fault. Yeah. That's just, that's just what happens. It, it happens a lot, you know, yeah. or wolves or, or whoever, you know, like oh, these animals, they're all, they're tricksy. You know, if I saw a talking squirrel and the talking squirrel was like, I, I'll show you something magic. I would 100% follow that squirrel, even though. Oh, yeah. Even if I got tricked at the end and I went to my to my wife afterwards and I was like, I, the, the squirrel said he was magic. He could talk. So I followed him and, and then it all went to hell. But I think my wife would get it. She would understand. That's perfectly yeah. reasonable. No, these these weren't even talking animals. Well, I guess in, in some translations, maybe they were. That gives them a little bit of... I mean, uh, it seems like even the way it's written, they weren't really talking. It's very clear that the man <laughs> was just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you hear what you want to hear. That's right. <laughs> and what he heard was lies from Jews. <laughs> He's just like, here's a, here's a sucker. Yeah, all right. Uh, you're going to give me $300 worth of change? Sure. Yeah, I'll be back in three days. But oh yeah, hey. so I okay. did feel like the double entendre with the taller. Tell me the double entendre again. I don't know if this was just my translation, but like at the very end, it seemed as though the king said, "Right again, he paid the Jew out in hard tallers. and that time it had an H in it. I thought maybe it was like a German double entendre for lashings, and so that it worked like even on that level as well. Do you know what I'm saying? There's so but many still. weird like things with translation that we don't yeah. we miss out on, and especially if not entendres, then like uh, plays on words or expressions from the year 1820 or you know exactly that we just don't get. Uh, what was it? The wolf and the seven kids. Wolf and the seven kids. There's a a thing where like the wolf wants to make his voice sweeter, so he goes and eats a bunch of chalk. And both Mike and I were like what on earth does that even mean like well what is i i don't know i i can make up an expression can't but trust like a it... chalk eater <laughs> one thing i noticed is that um in attempts to clean this up and make it a little less anti-semitic they referred to the jewish fellow as a money lender instead. i saw that yeah i saw that they they did that which if i'm being honest i feel like the money lender is a it's like it's more like a wink. I think know? there's definitely still a wink there. It's like yeah. an if you know, you know. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if you were a kid without having ever studied any of this and just heard a money lender, you might not make the the connection. But with, I mean, fair, almost minimal paying attention, that that this is clearly a Jewish person because Christians were using them. You were using yeah. Jewish people to do usuries because banks needed to. That's the only way that banks work is if you if you loan out money on interest. Right. Otherwise, they'd all just collapse. I, well, yeah. Then then it's not a bank. It's then right. it's just then it's just like some dude's it's house. It's just people lending each other money. Yeah. It's like yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can keep your money at my house. Uh, I, right. I promise not to spend it. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I don't know if we've solved racism, <laughs> anti-Semitism, <laughs> and anti-Semitism by discussing this story. But um, here's my final thoughts. Uh, it's a bad story. Uh, it seems to take a plot-ish thing from a bunch of other stories and then just throws a, a, some anti-Semitism in at the end for fun. And the I think that's where uh, the, the problem... I'm. <laughs> There's a lot of problems with this, but I think that the, <laughs> the, the the problem of just like 
it's always the peasant's perspective and and the the jewish person just kind of wanders in and he just abuses him for a little while and then one and then ends up rich because of it so sasha i think yeah. you were you were right uh, you know like fuck around with with jewish people and you'll end up on top yeah well i mean clearly the jewish person wasn't it was the jew so not yeah. even a person as far oh, as yeah. the grim brothers were concerned so that's why his story doesn't need to be finished. It doesn't matter. Oh. He wasn't a person, just like yeah. the princess wasn't a person. And he might as well be a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a Jewish woman, I'm just... <laughs> oh, man. You know what? The only <laughs> thing you could do worse is be a woodcutter in oh. Germany. Oh, they can't it's... possibly be below There's... the women and the Jews. There's a history of woodcutters just being at the, the bottom of the ladder there. But that that may just be Phil's and my reading into it too. It's it's an ongoing <laughs> it's an ongoing joke. Yeah, but it's also an ongoing like theme in the, in the stories where they're like, anyways, he was a woodcutter, so he was poor, and he had to sell his daughter. <laughs> yeah, uh, because like any, anybody who has to give up their child because they can't afford it is is a woodcutter. Is a woodcutter. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's how. That's the how. Poor, so poor woodcutters. Still probably outranked the Jew. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 women. Um, and but, women, for sure. I digress. Women aren't people. Again, neither of those were people back then. I don't think any Jewish people actually have names other than identi correctly identifying their religion. And <laughs> uh, yeah, women are just, you know, objet d'art at Prize, best. They're prizes. At be yeah, they're prizes. <laughs> like, the, you know, like, oh, ha you know what? You, you made my daughter laugh. Great. Uh, Ever. <laughs> she's been she's been a sullen bitch this entire time and i said i'd you know teen, I'd, I'd marry probably. her yeah she's yeah right. or just you know <laughs> a sullen teen or just yeah, she, a teen <laughs> she's a 12 year old that doesn't want to get married <laughs> weird and what uh, a bitch <laughs> oh what a, yeah it's so it's so, a terrible so non-person awful <laughs> oh on that subject that we come okay. across constantly um there's a movie called catherine called catherine called birdie which is yeah. okay. very nice based on the middle grade books oh is it i didn't realize it's based on books that's mm -hmm. yeah, uh, ask a librarian oh right so <laughs> uh, yeah it's bella ramsey um from mm -hmm. game of thrones and last of us who is a a saucy 14 year old in middle england who does not want to get married despite her father's best intentions bella ramsey he, yeah they're really cool from the Game of Thrones, Them, actually, she she was a minor character in Game of Thrones, and then or, they kept her wait, on because oh, she was so popular. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hey, all right, hey, okay. They now are they is the actor? Is... Yeah, Bella Bella Ramsey yeah. uses they them pronouns, but um, oh, okay. in Game of Thrones, the character was female, and she was okay. the um, the little girl that was like the queen of her realm or whatever. The like Bear, Bear Island, yes, Bear yeah. Island. Oh, okay, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 that was yeah. Bella right. Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Catherine, Catherine okay. Birdie was, was quite entertaining. Okay. We, we liked it. Speaking nice. of, of, I haven't watched it, but I heard it was good. Yeah. Speaking of young women getting married off against their will with no so agency will and better judgment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, how many stories are there like that? Right. I mean, what's the it's, brave Merida? That was, I guess the deconstruction of that trope was she didn't want to get married and then it just turned i mean I, yeah I, I liked brave uh, yeah, too, but, i love brave but yeah. it's just again it starts at least with that same premise right yeah. i don't mind deconstructing the, the oh premise, yeah though. but but yeah yeah i mean yeah certainly i mean it, it's enough of a trope that that's the that's the whole point i'm not adding anything to the conversation <laughs>
<laughs> Welcome to my night. <laughs> oh, you can talk about how what what was the name of those books again? You can talk about how they're was it U.S. books or something? oh, Usborn. Usborn. <laughs> Sasha, oh. there's a there's a company called Usborn. Mike and Mike has talked to me about it on several of these podcasts. It's like Tupperware parties, but for kids' books. So oh. Instead of a Scholastic like like Book a... Fair, you do it at someone's house. Yeah. Oh no. But it's like it's, is it it's... like an MLM for books? I don't know the structure of it per se, but the, huh. the books are great. Like we we got a lot of these great collection, like story collections, like padded covers, so they're you know they're chunky enough for little little ones to flip through. We get some really good stuff out of that. As a result, my, both cool. my kids were fascinated with Macbeth. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I, I should mention, of course, that we are not sponsored by Osborne Books. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Or at this point, anyway. Not yet. If we, if we keep talking about them. I, like, I, I Maybe that'll watch. be your first sponsor. Well, we can talk about sponsorships later. Um, okay, I think we can probably. I think we've 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 gone through as much of this as we can go through. Uh, <laughs> Sasha, thank you so much for uh, for doing this, and uh, and and we'd love to have you <laughs> well, back at some point if you're well, if you, if you had fun. Me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I would be happy to come back. This has been story number seven, the good bargain. Sleep tight, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good evening. Bye. <laughs>